Hi everyone and welcome back. This episode is in collaboration with Disability Expo. Disability Expo is the UK's leading person-focused event for people with a lived experience of disability. Disability Expo is going to offer relevant products, services and information empowering you with the tools you need to improve the quality of life. This episode is all about ADHD and diagnosis in adulthood. I sit down with Jade, the co-founder of Disability Expo, and Chris from the Grumpy Gits podcast. We have a frank and open conversation about what it's like to go through the assessment process, being diagnosed and living with ADHD. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks again. So can we start by each of you introducing yourselves and sort of what your background is? So can we start with Chris? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Chris I'm from the uh, the Grumpy Grumpy Gits podcast. I've never had to say that before. <laughs> from the Grumpy Gits podcast, um, I'm a carer. I, uh, I, I look after my autistic son who's 10 and I've recently been diagnosed with ADHD. Hi, I'm Jade. I'm the director for Rise for Disability and Disability Expo. Um, I was diagnosed with ADHD in, I think it was 2020, beginning of 2020. Just an open question to both of you. What's the assessment process like in the UK at the moment? Because I know that there's a lot of like problems with the NHS and stuff like that. So in, in terms of your experiences, what's it been like for you to be assessed? Do you want to go first, Chris? Yeah, sure. Um, it, it, I found it quite strange, actually, because a lot of people who were, who I knew that had uh, or that have ADHD said that it was a, a very, very long process, um, strenuous, um, that it, it just takes... Uh, a long time of waiting between steps of getting a diagnosis and and mine wasn't like that at all mine i, I went down to the doctors they did uh, a questionnaire assessment um within about a month after they referred me um i had another appointment where i had to fill out a big form with loads and loads of different questions on there and um I had a uh, Teams meeting with uh, one of the doctors there, and he diagnosed me with ADHD all in all two months, if that. Very similar to me then. So oh, I thought it was going to be in difference. Yeah, no. Um, was yours through the NHS then? You didn't have to go private? No, you? no. It, 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 it was a private one, but okay. um, a, apparently the NHS, I, I was lucky because it was based in Lincolnshire. Okay. And my. So particular... did you have to self-fund the diagnosis? No. Then you didn't. Okay. Yeah. So it was a. It was out an outsourced private. Um, yeah. Uh, literally just just struck the contract uh, where they would cover Staffordshire as well, which obviously lucked out for me. So. Sure. So um, yeah, my mine was quite similar. I um, went to the doctors a few times to my GP I didn't really get much response from my GP but that's the nature's nature of my doctor's surgery I don't think as as a process as a whole um 
doctors can be quite dismissive of any kind of symptoms. I've had the same with like um, my own health with uh, fibromyalgia diagnosis, etc. I do get you find a lot of these kind of things maybe get palmed off. Um, I booked an appointment for a which ended up being on a Saturday for some reason. And when I got to the doctors, it was a locum and it wasn't at um, my actual doctors. It was like, you know, when you can go to one out of hours. And he said, oh, I'm not quite sure why your doctor would schedule this appointment with us knowing what it is that you're asking. And I was like, I've just gone to him loads and I've not had any kind of response to get put on the process. And he said to me, between me and you, the most speediest way for you to be considered and get referred is to I don't know whether you have something similar Chris where you are but you know if you have um we have like a talking therapies kind of thing where you self-refer for like CBT and stuff and it can be like a face-to-face counselling or um on the phone and stuff now so you know if you wanted counselling you can get there's like an external place the doctors refer you to or you can self-refer I don't know if you have something like that so we've got it I can't remember it's called talking therapies or but most places have them if you go to counseling it's like an external company that does it but it's nhs ran so they he said self-refer to there so i did and i called them and asked for a self-referral for counseling but i said it's to actually obtain a diagnosis for adhd and to be referred to the mental health team and um i had an assessment with them on the phone for cbt therapy explained to them obviously my concerns and how i thought i had adhd they referred me to the NHS bonus initial phone assessment because it was during lockdown so the original referral I think was like February when I referred to um, talking therapies but then by the time it took for them to call me back which was maybe a month or so we was already in lockdown which I think was like end of March and then I had a call with a psychologist um, Mm. to do like an initial assessment from the mental health team they said that it sounds like I could have ADHD and they would send me, same as you said, like forms and paperwork because it was done all on the phone. I didn't see anyone at that point. Um, so I had a telephone call. They sent me the forms through the, and then I had a follow-up appointment. I didn't hear 100% back straight away because there was a misunderstanding on one of the questions that I answered and I called to chase it up and then they said, no, you ha- yes, you have got ADHD and they gave me a formal diagnosis and then they booked me an appointment to discuss medication options and therapy options with the psychologist as well. So, yeah, I think from actually getting the answer to the doctors in February to getting an official diagnosis, it was probably about three months, something like that. And how did it feel once you got your diagnosis, Jade? Once they told you you have ADHD, it's it's, it's a bit of a sur- it's a bit of a surreal feeling. It's weird. It's um, in some sense, like it's like some. It feels like um, a relief, or like there's an an understanding more of yourself. But then it's a bit daunting to actually have that label and think oh, I've actually got something wrong with me. I think I suppose it's like that a lot with any kind of medical condition or that when somebody knows something's up and there needs to be intervention or help or support and then actually being told categorically that's what it is and then having a bit more of an understanding about the condition you kind of go through the motions I don't know Chris has obviously just been diagnosed but many people I've spoke to they do they start off it's that thing that you need the diagnosis and you have the diagnosis and you go through a bit of a 
not depressive stage, but like a bit sad about not having it sooner or having the same understanding of, of yourself and how your brain works. And there's also a relief of you're not mental <laughs> or mad or a horrible person or along them kind of sides of things that go through your head. And then it's, it's, it's just a constant journey of like self-discovery and learning and learning of ways to cope and manage it symptom perception of it my own experiences anyway are you nodding there chris do you do you agree yeah yeah i i totally agree i mean i blubbed like a baby when i got mine i was just um i remember him saying on the call uh that i he's diagnosing me with adhd and i remember holding back tears at that point and i thought you know i'll just try and stay strong for another 2 minutes until he's off and then uh yeah i went into the front room and i blubbed like a baby and then i got bored with that so i just decided to tell the guys but i remember one one feeling that uh that, that still doesn't sit right with me now is that whether i i should come out uh in public to say that I was ADHD. I remember feeling embarrassed and lesser, um, a little bit ashamed. And um, what doesn't sit right with me is the perception of what I, when I thought I was neurotypical, the perception I had of ADHD people, because I'm thinking I'm embarrassed now. Well, wh why am I embarrassed? I know lots of people with ADHD. Suddenly I, I needed to get over what I, I didn't realize I had my high horse that I'm, I'm looking down on these people. I didn't even realize it. And now I'm one of these people. Suddenly I'm embarrassed. So, um, it, 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 yeah, I think it's the miseducation of what ADHD is though. Do you not think from, you, you, you could never consider because of what you you perceive ADHD to be. And when you actually realize what it is and the symptoms of it, that, like if somebody had said to me, oh, I think you've got ADHD and I hadn't discovered it myself, I would have been extremely yeah. offended, I think, like years back and thought, oh, well, that's not, this is what ADHD is. I wasn't like that and almost a bit defensive about it because I think that there's this perception that ADHD is a behavioural condition. And although there is behavioural presentation and symptoms, it's not a behavioural condition. It's it's actually a neuro indifference it's like it's, it's it's a neurological indifference like from from your how your brain works and it's not i wasn't naughty as a kid complete opposite i was overly emotive and cried all the time so yeah i'd probably if anything was too scared of confrontation complete opposite to what you would perceive adhd would be because a handful of boys of school age act that way they're the ones that get diagnosed and it's the wrong it's just the yeah. wrong perception to have and I'm sure Chris, you feel the same with that as well. I was, I, I ran everywhere. I literally, I just remember. I think to sum it up, my school years was I wanted to have a good time. I, I, that's all I chased was having a good time. Whether that was sport, which I was heavily involved with, or hanging out with mates. I remember homework and all those things that were important. Just, I, I didn't want to do. Them. They were boring to me. It it hurt my head to try and concentrate on them, so I was just fully focused on, you know, having a laugh, and and that was it. Which is the chasing the dopamine, which is the yeah, main. Yeah, I wish I had the diagnosis back then. Oh, and present 
taking yeah, exactly. about ADHD, which, yeah, which people obviously don't realise it's actually to do with the dopamine receptors in your brain. It's not that you're a badly behaved person or something. It's just it's just the way that the, the brain seeks yeah, dopamine, I guess, in different ways. Uh, in terms of living with your diagnosis, now that you have it, both of you, have you spoken to um, the doctors and stuff that you've been working with about treatment? Um, like medication or talking therapies and stuff like that. You always let, let me go, go first, first Chris, because mine's <laughs> going to be a very lengthy. But mine's going to be a very lengthy answer, and I don't really want it to be the Jade show. So yeah, go well. Or maybe I do, but no, I can go. Chris, Sorry, you can, go can you repeat then, the question? Because you skipped explain. a little bit. Sorry. So, have you spoken with your consultants or the people that you're that gave you a diagnosis about treatment yet, like uh, talking therapies or medication? Uh, I I've gone down the medication route. They they asked me um, because therapy was available. Um, I just I don't see how therapy would help me. Um, I it, it's almost like uh, talking to me and saying when you put your hand in the fire, it won't burn you. That's not going to happen. This it's just fundamental. It's going to burn and it's going to hurt. No amount of therapy is going to stop that. I see the same sort of analogy with my ADHD. I don't see how therapy could help me, uh, and it's why I've gone down the medication route. I'm, I've had my first therapy. Did they explain to you what therapy it was, Chris? Did they explain to you the process and the roots of therapy? Because I had something similar, and I was very much against any kind of CBT because there's homework associated with it and certain roots. Did they, have they explained? into how the pathways different no to be honest when when he when he said about um sort of what could help he he basically said there's therapy and there's medication and at that point i think this is a common trait we we like to interrupt people is though (laughs) i want medication okay (laughs) so it was kind of like i didn't even give him the option to to tell me about the therapy Uh, maybe because you can, can you? have both. That's why I say, I've had both. Oh, yeah, of right. course, it's okay. not one or the other. And I'd say that one very much helps the other. Maybe I should ask about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, medication for me. I've had my first appointment um, and he, he basically gave me the list and said, right, what I need you to do now is go away for a week and look at all the side effects and what you think is going to be best for you and i was like i've done all this research what do you think i've been doing since my appointment i didn't say it like that obviously (laughs) um and uh i know like after because i was like this this is the one i want i've read about the side effects and i've spoken to people this is the one and i can't pronounce it i know it begins with an m but i can't pronounce it still um yeah something like that yeah um but then there's different types of that yeah it's it's the slow release are you talking about the slow release and and all that you've got yeah you've got standard release which you take two to three times a day and then then slow release and then there's different brands of meds within that drug so you've yeah you've got amphetamine and methane methamphetamine i think is the two stimulant well, types he, of he, he did um, got, when he said that i was like I, I want to be on this i don't need a week and he was like it's it's actually we have to give you a week um and i was like fine but 
you I've made up mine already it's going to be the same answer as in a week I thought afterwards with the name of these drugs as well like I I I'm a little bit embarrassed that I'm forcing him to like I want drugs just give me drugs especially with names like meth as well in there (laughs) so uh yeah so when you go and collect it you have to get it from a locked safe and you have to show id and stuff by the way because it's a controlled drug so it's like this big red form that you get and serious i mean i've got it all anyway but um i'll be fine well he did say that you (laughs) but you do feel a bit then you're like oh do these people think i'm like dodgy like dodgy i'm standing here getting this drug they look and say is it for you is it for your child i'm like it's obviously for me it's my name on the prescription you can almost feel the the judgment sometimes when i well, go the medication, the medication uh, doctor he he said um that make sure you uh keep these drugs safe because um they've had a number of cases where they've been stolen and while they're not addictive yeah, people try and get diagnosed. This is why the diagnosis process is really difficult because a lot of adults try and go down the route of getting a diagnosis. And not so, like there is a lot of people genuinely that have ADHD, but there is a very high link with addiction and ADHD anyway. And, and obviously, people that have had long term um, long term drug use and stuff, they may be manic and have certain things anyway. They associate with ADHD and also understand and hear that the drugs can potentially give a high for people. That and that's probably one of the fundamental things is if you've got ADHD, you're not going to get a high from this medication. If you haven't got ADHD, then it will literally replicate the same as taking maybe something like speed or cocaine. So that's why people. So if I if I end up getting high from this, I'm, I I haven't got ADHD. <laughs> It doesn't mean it's necessary that you've got ADHD. It means that well, to be fair, in the yeah. first week or two. It will feel a bit like that anyway, just because your brain's oh, not okay. used to the way of it is in thinking and it depresses your appetite and certain things like that. But a lot of people weirdly have the opposite effect. It makes them feel quite tired when they take it, whereas it's a stimulant. So it's I, I wouldn't say that you like you take it and if you feel a bit, bit, bit buzzy, you're like, well, I haven't got it. But you'll probably find a quick transition, whereas somebody that didn't literally could take that on a night out and be up all night and it would make them act overly hyper like if i take too high a dose i get that sometimes so i mean i had my drugs increased so much that i was on 72 milligrams and if i hadn't eaten that day my therapist would be able to know if i've if i've had um my meds or not she's like you haven't eaten today you're sitting there gurning out and i'm like oh (laughs) chewing my jaw away because it's too high but um i think it's just all trial and error with what with what medications being taken and um and also stimulant stimulant medication doesn't work too well for people that potentially have um autism or like are on the spectrum as well because obviously it channels and works a different part of the brain so people that have got combined they may take the um, stimulants and it really doesn't work for them so then they have to look at an alternative route and alternative drugs and maybe non-stimulant medications and other kind of approaches but it's just learning how it works for you and what dosage and stuff really I, I guess would be so yeah don't you might take it and think wow I feel amazing I feel really focused and I'm concentrating or you might take it and think my god I feel like I've taken some crazy ass drugs and <laughs> don't record the grumpy gits on the first day of your thing you're just literally they'll be like Chris is usually quiet thinking about what he's saying <laughs> 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 
but um yeah i don't know it's, it's it's weird it's a weird a weird process i guess um i probably have more clearer thinking when i take it than if i don't i'm probably more manic if i don't take it so manic like not really knowing what i should be doing or no kind of routine or structure if i haven't taken it but i don't take my meds every day now and i'm at that point where i'm comfortable doing that i take my meds if i need concentration if i don't have anything to concentrate on why am i taking medication that makes me want to concentrate and i don't have anything to do like that then makes you feel the opposite that you are running around trying to clear your house clean your house like a mad person when you don't need to do you know <laughs> what i mean like it's yeah so i take it when i need it and i've been advised by my psychologist that i had the last assessment with that's okay and a lot of people including doctors with adhd or psychologists do the same thing when they have long shifts they take the meds if they don't need to have that level of concentration or structure you don't need to take it is they take it's called medication holidays or medication breaks but then some people go no don't do it don't do it so it's all, it's all just i don't know just listen to yourself really yes you said earlier about you don't think therapy would be helpful do you find that being part of the grumpy gets and having that those guys around you allows you to speak in a coming from like a male perspective like having guys that you can go and speak to do you think that's helpful for you um yes and no uh no because <clears throat> um most of them are twats most of the time so <laughs> i was waiting for that <laughs> they, they <are. laughs> uh no, yeah it does it does um i i mean i'm 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 close to all of them but i'm i'm closer to duncan and adam's been a help as well because his girlfriend is uh, it's got adhd um and i'm very close to duncan so we we speak almost on a daily basis and uh sometimes it's it's nice to be able to go to someone that isn't your partner or 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 your very very close friend that you uh you know that isn't in this kind of group so it, it was nice to to go along and get a, a a fresh perspective which i i when i got my diagnosis i think I, I lost all perspective so for someone to come along and you know you've got these this jumbled puzzle and suddenly they kind of turn your head slightly so you can make sense of it that's kind of what the guys did for me so yeah it, it's it, it certainly helped yeah how did you come to the conclusion that you think that you may be ADHD? Was it a family it member or boy, was it yourself? Um, Logan, we we saw kind of small snippets and we were kind of, mm, maybe he has. And then we went into the, the summer holidays and that was a nightmare. That was really, really bad, his, his, his attitude. And and we saw these signs very strongly. And um, me and my wife were discussing it. And uh, I, I said, uh, well... I tell you what, we'll we'll both do it because I've I've been after a diagnosis for a long time, just never did it. So well, I said, "Oh, so you've known since you were young?" No, you it was, it was a, an interview for had... Grumpy Dads that me and me and Duncan did, and it was his best man is at his wedding who uh, who had ADHD, and we did uh, an interview based on ADHD, and he started rattling off symptoms and everything, and I. I suddenly went this this is very odd because he's describing me and after the interview i yeah i actually said to uh alan 
the the guy we were interviewing um all those symptoms they fit me and he said you should really you know if, if you're looking for those answers you should really look into it um doesn't mean that you are ADHD it, it, it could be that you know it fits you and your your mind now I'm saying it it kind of fits now but it might not be <clears throat> to a certain level so uh yeah once he said that that was like 18 months ago I just I I just felt like what 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 could it do if I get the diagnosis what what's it gonna do and I never felt like at, at that time yeah, that it, it was gonna help even with medication and stuff like that but I feel like I I don't know if this is a thing because obviously being newly diagnosed that your ADHD symptoms can get worse because I feel like mine has. So there is a massive, there is actually a massive, um, it's, it's it's very serious ADHD or any neurodiversity like um, autism or ADHD. If you obviously present as high functioning and all that means, it doesn't mean that it just means you mask well. And I think you've obviously learned over, a period of time what's what's appropriate and acceptable behavior and what's not and from that you still feel the feeling even though you're acting a certain way to show that you're not that way you still feel that suppression and obviously that leads on to potentially a lot more worsening and debilitating mental health conditions that are very much linked with it and I suppose things like tolerance maybe you obviously especially after having a like being a parent that's one of the things I saw my symptoms really increase from that side like agitation and frustration levels and stuff um and there's like a massively high link when I um, I go I have coaching which is a form of therapy that you actually might find useful it's not like therapy it's it's a coach it's usually somebody with ADHD that talks to you about better ways that you can structure your day and stuff to do and things like that so if there's certain certain things that you actually want to work towards doing that's what they work with you on with an understanding so that's that's a level of therapy that you can go down that route as well um my um coach she works in a school and um she sees people from all different types of uh, mental health conditions or neurodiversities etc and all of the like think something as, as serious as schizophrenia like that can be linked to a neurodivergency of ADHD or autism and not having them kind of understanding and management of symptoms that can transfer, transfer into other conditions that obviously can, can, can be worsening for health. There's also an extremely high link between suicide ideation and ADHD and autism as well and maybe not having an understanding of how quick the emotional response to things are the so taking things too literally too quick so for example a really common trait with adhd that's not spoken about and it's not even on the dmsm5 i think like the diagnostics criteria it's not talking about um uh rsd which is rejection sensitivity dysphoria and that is uh, about emotional regulation so because emotional regulation is always referred to within things like borderline um, bipolar but then having an actual deep understanding of how the emotional stability works in relation to them conditions is always overlooked in ADHD but one of the main symptoms and you see it with kids particularly and this is why the naughty behavior is categorized with it it's emotional instability so for example 
pretty certain my son has it if I tell him he can't have something it's a very much a spike and a response to it and then a calm down quite quick for example but there's nothing more scary than if you feel the saying about the fight flight or freeze mode and I've been there myself where I've had a lot of things happen that would boost my mental health which would decrease my mental health in general and make me feel depressed but that on top of ADHD symptoms where something could happen that could be quite bad that's seen as devastation there's nothing there's no way out of this whereas with somebody with maybe a clearer thought process and more emotional stability would have a different thought process to what somebody with ADHD would so having that understanding of how my brain works I can actually say to myself don't be silly that's just you like say about overreacting I always got told I overreact even as a kid but I have an acknowledgement that I overreact now so that's me telling myself I overreact not someone else going oh we don't tell you things because you're always overly emotional or you always fly off the handle well no actually I've got control of that myself and I identify that I do that so that's what I mean from a safety element and how things can get worse as you do get older and there's a massive link to people that have been diagnosed with other related conditions that probably have a neurodivergence and they just have not been diagnosed with it. Just sorry for rambling. No, that's perfect. <laughs> just to to draw this to a close, um, we've spoken a lot about kind of like day to day living with with ADHD and stuff, and I just wonder, looking back to where you were a couple of years ago before you got your diagnosis, what what piece of advice or encouragement would you give to your 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 previous self, starting with you, Jade? Do you want to start with Chris? Because I've just had a big long conversation. Start with me again. <laughs> I need to think about my answer. Um, yeah, go. On. <laughs> okay. I like routine, Chris. <laughs> overreactive, <laughs> God's sake. Right. Um, <laughs> advice for myself. Um, I think it, it would be try to be more forgiving to myself. I um, I've stated this hundreds of times and. It kept me awake many, many nights where I would do something wrong. And then, you know, within my inner mind, I'm, why have you done that? Why have you done That's RSD. You need to look it up, Chris, because 100%, if you look it up, that is literally that symptom of ADHD, which yeah, is probably the most and difficult. I, I think that that's that's the advice I would give myself is is, is go easier on yourself because I would – I would I would push myself as low as I could possibly go, and until you know I I yeah. I wouldn't be satisfied. It's almost like I'm talking about two different people. I wouldn't be satisfied until yeah. I was mentally beaten, or or to almost like teach myself a lesson not to do something like that again. And and yeah, yeah that that would be my advice. Take take it easy on myself. Yeah, similar. Um, I think that my advice that I tell myself, if it's only two years ago, then I obviously was... was I'd, are we in year 22? <laughs> it is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was obviously diagnosed two years ago. It was a diff difficult time for me um, being, obviously, with, with lockdown and with, like, not really having the things that I needed to do to keep myself stimulated. I was quite unwell um, for that year. But I would say 
yeah having better understanding of yourself um and the same sort of thing they said like evaluating things that you're doing as wrong or you're a bad person or this person doesn't like you or certain things like that like, I, I, I honestly I, I do care what people think of me but nowhere near as much as I did probably two three years ago and I would say my life is a lot less hectic because of that now I guess that I would get into like circles of people pleasing and certain things of putting myself above and beyond like probably my own mental and mental and physical capacity so I'd burn myself out trying to do things and then if that wasn't not reciprocated because I don't do stuff to get have that in return but if I, if somebody maybe didn't treat me in the way that I thought or deemed appropriate I would take that as severe rejection and think that oh well I've done I've done everything to try and make this not happen I don't really do that as much anymore um but then it's really weird because in turn of that are you denying certain things that's, that's in your personality and going against stuff that's natural to you it's, it's just a analy analyzing kind of process I guess but um yeah I'm a lot more mindful of my own symptoms and and my own approaches to things I, I definitely say yeah taken it oh and I wish I was diagnosed at school because I probably would have did that done better at school but it is what it is well thank you both for your honesty and taking the time to chat to me because and it'll be helpful to a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks to Chris and Jade for giving time out of their busy schedules to chat with me about ADHD and the diagnosis process. I hope you found this episode useful. If you'd like more information on the assessment process and where to get support if you think you need it, I'll put some links to some charities and the NHS website below where you can get where you can be signposted to the support that might be available to you. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. Bye.